It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. And welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You are listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about the Toronto Fringe Next Stage Theatre Festival. It's on from January 19th to the 30th. 2020-22. Holy smokes. We're here, folks. 2020-22. It's hard to believe. But the next stage performances are a hybrid of digital and in-person events. And it's at the Ada Slate Hall at Daniel's Spectrum. And we're going to be talking about one of the performances that are going to be taking place. It is called the Sunglasses Monologue. It has been created by Vivian Chong. And it's going to be part of the digital series. And Vivian is here with us today. We're going to be talking to her. But I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Vivian. She is still a visual artist, dancer, singer, songwriter, graphic novelist, drummer, potter, motivational speaker, and creator of a one-woman stand-up show. She lives in Toronto, and you're probably wondering, why did I say still? Well, I'm going to tell you about that right now. The Sunglasses Monologue is a play about being seen and embraced, embracing life every step of the way. It includes humor, original songs, storytelling, and refreshing perspectives uh, of this intimate one-woman show from Blind artist and writer Vivian Chong. She takes audiences through an emotional journey, finding bravery, vulnerability, and optimism in the face of uncertainty. So that is why I said still. She is still doing this, and we're going to talk to her about how this happened and about this performance that, as I say, is coming up uh, from January 19th to the 30th, uh, part of the Toronto Fringe Festival. So Vivian, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Hi, everyone. <laughs> it's, it's a pleasure to have you here. Now, the other thing uh, about this and why it's so really interesting is because you created this, you wrote it, you directed it, you perform in it. And the Sunglasses Monologue is a memoir of, of your life. And uh, you take us through storytelling and comedy, original songs, as I mentioned. And you share your journey about coming out of a coma losing your sight and having to then reinvent yourself as an artist this this show also addresses some of the hard truths about life the things that you face facing fears head on um forgiving and letting go uh, self acceptance and then of course reinvention so it's really it sounds really interesting but there's a backstory to this of course isn't there that it's something that leads up to this this story about how you got here as well right Oh, so much. So I was in my 20s and I was at the hype of my life, mm. not a care in the world. I was traveling to the Caribbean and that's when things go down. The boyfriend ran away and there was an accident oh, and there was people showing me um, their fear and their reaction. And it was not the normal reaction I see. Mm. Um on a normal encounter of people. So it made me questions about humanity. Mm. What what makes a person run away mm. and what makes a person turn their face. And and when I came out from the coma, I didn't look the same. So there are a lot of things changed, not just on the exterior and the inside too. So um, I lost a lot of things, not just how I look, mm. but also the people that were surrounding me, they show up 
or they didn't even know what happened. They didn't show up. Mm. And the people that know what happened didn't show up. So it made me question in a very big sense what it means to be here. Why do people do what they do? Mm-hmm. So it's really gut-wrenching and make me turn inside to figure out things for myself. You were dealing with so much at the time already, uh, as you say, coming out of this coma, which was brought on by this rare skin disorder that you, you developed. Toxic epidermal necrosis syndrome. And all it really means is just something traumatic and they have to put some name to it. I it's see. a reaction. Mm. Um to a medicine and it was uh, invading my body so the reaction to the skin is the invasion from the inside out so it brought me from my internal organs to the exterior Mm. so that's why i didn't look the same afterwards and it's quite scary when you don't know who you are anymore on the outside inside and you really got to ask yourself who are you wow um Wow, thank you for sharing that. I had I did not realize that. The the sunglasses monologues is is based out of the book that you were writing, maybe or that you wrote, Dancing After Ten. Is that is that fair to say? Ah, uh, so as an artist, I am all about the process. How it came about is actually my one woman show first. Mm. So it has been on tour at Second City for a season or two. Mm. And then I took it on tour. So it went from Toronto to St. Catherine for a social worker festival. And then from there, I took it to Canmore, Alberta. And then I, this is my homecoming show back to Toronto. And in between that, during the pandemic, I published my graphic memoir, Dancing After 10. So the one woman show actually come first before the other projects. <laughs> okay. Um, now you were working on on a novel or a graphic novel, if I'm not mistaken, when you were stricken with this this uh, disorder. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 So it's very interesting. You bring me back to the beginning of the beginning. Hmm. So when I was in a hospital, I have so many visual. Even though I could barely see, I just see so many texture, sensation, personality, Mm -hmm. voices, sense. And it's so um, tremendous and tragic. And I just take mental snapshots for all the scenes that happen. So then when I was discharged from hospital and then from rehab hospital, I just need to draw because that's my artistic instinct. Mm -hmm. So I sit down with paper, even though I can barely see the paper on my Penmanship. Mm. So I start drawing and even with text bubble, I have speech bubble coming out from people's head and mm. dialogue from the doctor and me and the people who are around me and telling the story of how things go down. Mm. And I couldn't draw fast enough. And then my sight was different altogether. So I put the project actually on hold. So now that you remind me, it actually starts from the book because I was drawing the beginning of the book and I put on hold for 14 years. Mm. And then later on when I adapt, it takes a long time, like a full-time job to adapt how to you use, how do you use other senses right. when you could no longer see mm. and how do you navigate? How do you communicate? How do you do what you used to do 
And how do you figure out what you love anymore? Because mm. you couldn't do the things you love. Right. So I spent a lot of time adapting and just um, taking everything on in life. So then I, when I'm really good, I feel pretty good. I develop a new sense of outlook of what life is about and who I am. Mm. Then I start diving back into all my creations, mm. the book, the show. So I pick up my show first because... Um, I could do it by myself. Mm. That's why the idea of one woman show, I truly was doing everything, mm. producing, directing, yeah, writing that. the play, updating the script, uh, promotion, front of house, and um, hiring, hiring people of, of the lights and technicians. It was just insane <laughs> because I thought if there is no certain way I could do it normally, how mm. could I still do what mm -hmm. I want to do? Right. So I just created the show and go from there and see what happened. Fascinating stuff for sure. Now, I also understand because you, you, you did have sight prior to this and then this happened to you. And that's when you just described to us that you, you still had some vision. Uh, and that's when you started uh, drawing and, and creating all these things, which which people can go find that, right? Uh, those images yep. in the dan Dancing After 10 in that, that graphic novel that you produced. Yep. So Dancing After 10 actually was shortlisted for the Toronto Book Award just in 2020. Mm. It's listed one of the best NPR books mm. and is recommended by New York Times. Mm. And it is uh, quite a collaboration and project that I took on to persist drawing and drawing to the end of my site that's different. I was still drawing mm. to complete the book. And I find the publisher collaborate with another artist and keep doing the text bubble and dialogue and we collecting what happened all the way up to today. So my projects are interwoven. So in the comic book, it also drew the one woman show. Mm -hmm. And in my one woman show, I also talk about my comic book. Mm -hmm. So I see there are so many overlapping and it's so fun to create project that can overlap that way. When you were going through this process, trying to create this, this, uh, this story, when you lost your sight, you then were also introduced. Uh, you met someone else that uh, came along at the right time, uh, who who was able to help you in that area, right? Uh, Georgina Weber. Um, actually, the person who see my project was Kathleen Ray. Okay, she is a uh, dance producer for mm -hmm. her dance company. I'm actually on my third project also, which is a dance production coming up mm -hmm. called Dancing After 10, which right. is next year okay. um, in April. Great. But when I was uh, making that before the pandemic, after we were about to showcase the, the dance production and then everything collapsed. We cannot right. showcase it on the, uh, the day that we say we, we are right. putting it on stage. Yes. So it folded. Mm. And the project collapsed and the dancer went away because mm. they are contract based. We pay off everyone and we closed the theater and we were so sad and mm. we don't know when we can put it back on again. Right. But the dance production coming between all this too, the timing is just kind of back and forth. Mm. So it was her seeing my book because I need to give background details of what my life is, who mm. I am mm -hmm. to come to this dance production. So we we were looking for artists to collaborate. That's how come the uh, the book came about because my friend helped me to 
look for a local artist. And I really want to support local Torontonian arts and Toronto as a city. Mm. And in reward of that, the book is recognized by City of Toronto. It was shortlisted for the Toronto Book Award. So I feel like there was a lot of good thing happening in Toronto here locally. Mm. Well, thank you for all that. I want to come back to talk about your your one-woman play. Before we get there, I just want to let everyone know that you're listening to Moment of Truth on Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. I'm your host, David Moses. My guest is Vivian Chong, and we're talking to her about an upcoming uh, performance with the Toronto Fringe, and it's at the uh, Next Stage Theatre Festival from January 19th to the 30th. And uh, it's going to be one of the digital uh, part of the series because it's a hybrid of performances that are digital and in-person events. And it's at the Ada Slate uh, Hall at Daniel Spectrum. And uh, this is called the Sunglasses Monologue. So you can actually go to the uh, fringetoronto.com website to find out more about that if you're interested in finding about, about performances and about getting tickets. Vivian, I, I would like to ask you about the title for this piece, The Sunglasses Monologue. How did that come about and why did you decide to title it that? It's very interesting. So when you're an artist and you can no longer look at the mirror and see your own image, Mm. then you wonder, what can I do if I want to have some fun with my look? (laughs) I could gel my hair, but can I do something more? So my eye condition left me with a lot of sensitivity to light. Mm. So uh, in the beginning of in the beginning phase of we establishing or we adjusting, I could not even go out in the daytime. That's wow. how sensitive my eyes were Jeez. to daylight. Wow. I was living like a bat. Mm. I can only come out at night. Mm. So I did some punk rock show and I was in that state. I had a rock band and I perform at night. <laughs> but then it lasted only for a little longer, then I really need to just look inside and not keep doing just for the heck of doing. Mm. So I went inside and I also want to feel good. And that's how the sunglasses and the hats <laughs> came about. Right. So when I first go out in the daytime again, my skin were very sensitive. Right. It hurts when mm. I'm standing under the lights, sure. any kind of light. Right. And then later on, I wear hats and they are like big mushroom hats that cover the entire face. Mm. And then I have visor that I can pull down all the way to my chin. Mm. So it cover my entire face so my wow. eyes won't hurt. Even I have sunglasses on. Wow. And yeah. And then um, one of the visor I still remember, I put down all the way to the chin and there's a guy came over and say, hey, cool style. And I just thought, <laughs> wow, I could still have a style even though I'm wearing a grandmother visor. So that made me think I don't have to feel so distraught mm. about everything change. Mm. Let's figure out a styling mm. to, you know, bring my artistic side back out. It doesn't have to hide per se, even though you're shading. So I went to look for different sunglasses and I have fun just going around feeling the frame, asking people what colors the lens. And so in a way, it's my small shopping and my my adventurous side for my image. Mm. So I start wearing sunglasses with hats. And then now later, I am better with the sun. Mm. I could tolerate the sun without big mushroom hats mm. or a huge visor. So I could just wear sunglasses. Then 
I start thinking about, um, you know, what can I do with all this changing of sunglasses? Because to me, when people change underwear, that's how often I change my sunglasses. Oh. And yeah, and I thought about the parallelism and I have a joke inside my head. <laughs> and I'm thinking it is quite funny, mm. but nobody would know my head unless I tell people what my thought process are sure. or what is so funny about these little details of life and comparison. <laughs> so True. I think at that moment, I already start drawing on writing my show inside my head. Mm. So I would write little things about sunglasses or my feelings towards it little by little. And as I change sunglasses, I change my feeling. Then I write another scene. And it was one day I was doing sculpture in the art studio, stone sculpture. And then it was Christmas and a guy, a mentor from the art studio gave me this big star-shaped sunglasses <laughs> and it's just ridiculous looking mm. and it's on the poster of my page yes. and I look at it I'm like how am I going to use it because <laughs> you can't really walk down the street right. with a oversized sunglasses mm. people think you're advertising for something mm. I don't have anything to give them not at that moment mm. so I thought okay so I guess I was recognized by the sunglasses as the sunglasses woman or girl. <laughs> That's why my mentor gave me a star-shaped sunglasses as a gift for Christmas. <laughs> so then it, it just made me think so much when there are reaction happen with people around me. What can I do about this feeling? So... I guess in essence, that's the beginning of the, the seed he planted for the show. He mm. doesn't even know. <laughs> I don't even know where he is now. <laughs> but it was from that moment, the star shape and the gigantic sunglasses that make me think about what does the star shape mean? What does it mean to be a star? Mm. What does it mean to have a hilarious pair of sunglasses? Mm. What can I use for? <laughs> so I'm a I'm quite a practical person, even though I'm an artist. So I thought about all this functionality of objects I own. What, how can I use it? That's how I start making my show around the sunglasses. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's a journey. Going back to what about the sunglasses? It's all <laughs> about this background story of a Christmas gift. <laughs> mm, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. What a great story that is. Yeah, thank you. Now, as we said off the top, this play is you you're the playwright you're the director you're the producer you, you wrote the lyrics the music and you're also the cast now the idea now that's this show this the uh the the sunglasses monologue which is yeah. a digital presentation part of the toronto fringe but you're also but this other show the one woman show and you mentioned that you know you wanted to to start doing that what did people think of you you know going forward and saying i want to do this you know, I want to get this going and, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be the director. I'm going to be the person in charge of all this stuff um, without the use of sight to, you know, be able to, as you say, you look at those things like the used to in a, in a sort of a normal fashion. Uh, what was, right. what did people think when you presented this? Were they on board? Did they, did they start to wonder if it was something you could do? Oh, very wise question, David. How it came about is because I love funny things in life. Mm. And I think it is such a healing agent to help me understand about life with humor. Mm. So 
I was auditioned for a comedy troupe. Actually,、mm. I was taking some lesson and doing some improv game exercise classes, mm. Mm. and I I went for an audition for a comedy troupe, and they line up ten people by、mm. the white wall. Okay. I still think in color, by the way. So <laughs> I remember someone told me just stand by the white wall. So I did. I did bring my cane out, and I was the only different ability person. Everybody、mm. there can see, can hear, can just do things just other, like other people.、Sure. I'm the only different one. Sure. So I line up by the wall, and of course, I already feel jittery because I I have no idea where the wall is.、So、I have to、mm. ask people. It's already feeling I'm already in a comedy show.、Mm. So.、Um, <laughs> As I line up there, and people, the, there's a panel of judges, about six of them, and they would call two actor and actresses, two by two, come out and then do a scene. And I was called out with a guy actor, and they give me a few topics to spin it on, and then、okay. the guy actor in my scene starts speaking, and I literally hear his voice going forward. So. Uh, I was trying to fit in so much, so I saw my cane away by the wall, and I just stepped out. And I, as he was acting, I follow his voice moving forward. I think I sped about four step, and what happened is the next step is air. I fell off the stage.、Mm. I did not realize what the heck I even need to vocalize ahead of time because it's just so many, so many. Uh, thing I need to adjust, adapt, as for accessibility,、mm. uh, we don't have time to walk through how big and how deep the stage is.、Right. So, and the actor has no notion of how to accommodate or be a good partner to me. So he keep walking forward and he stop, but I don't know that.、Right. So I, the next step, I fell off. Well, good that I'm athletic, so I sat back up. But I thought they must hire me now that I. You know, I go to the end of it, and I still finish the scene. <laughs> I step back up, but the reality is not quite that.、Mm. When you make a fool of yourself, it doesn't become part of the scene. You just、mm. don't fit in the troupe image, right? Or the normal, the normal placement of mm. things. Mm. And I just feel so distressed. No matter how hard I try, I'm different now, and、mm. I cannot go the normal way. <laughs> how do I? Receive opportunity, and how do I even go get it? Like even if I have motivation,、mm. and I really contemplate this a lot, and I ask people, and I realize that asking people is not the way to go. Nobody understands what your need is. Nobody had the pre-existing example、mm. to show them how to help either.、Mm. I gotta find a way. To show people instead of people showing me.、Mm. So what happened is that episode. It was super embarrassing,、mm. and it was distressing, depressing. But I went home. I thought about. I have a story. I have more than one stories, and they are funny. Who goes on audition and fell off stage?、Mm. I do.、Mm. <laughs> that was a big,、right. big humor there.、Yeah. Um, So I actually thank you for having such a shallow stage. It made me fall off and、mm. make me recreate my、right. perspective、yeah. about how to do things. Yeah. So instead of waiting for someone to give me something or an opportunity, I started just thinking about which theater I can afford,、hmm. which person I can talk to、mm. about. Stage managing and lights.、Right. Who could look at my show and tell me what they see in me? And、um, so I start just 
go and find different expertise to ask one question here and one question there. And I gather a bunch of information. And But to be honest, all the things that I gather is still not enough to create a show. Mm. The final piece is I really trust myself. So I really trust that I can do it. Without that, I don't think I can put on the show because mm. nobody believed me, like you said. Who believes someone who can direct and not see the mm-hmm. the way the stage logo, the theater present? I'm like, simple. You find good people. <laughs> good people who give you a piece of their mind, but the, <laughs> the peaceful type of mind, not <laughs> yeah. to tell you otherwise, right. like not to put you down. Sure. So along my journey, I'm include a lot of good people in my life and it's a choice um, to be able to discern what is good and what is bad and what to learn from and what not to take it to heart and see things lightly not to feel so heavy when someone don't believe in you Mm -hmm. because you always can believe in yourself so the moments of truth for your show title is very fitting for this episode Mm -hmm. because (laughs) it is the moment of your own truth Mm -hmm. what do you believe in yourself do you believe you have a show? And I honestly believe it from head to toe that it is super funny and it's something that people want to see, not not in five minutes, not stand-up comedy, mm-hmm. but a whole full hour and mm-hmm. perhaps longer. Because right. it takes a lot to take in all this depth of in reinvention. Sure. Reinvention doesn't happen in one episode. It happens over time of course. for everybody, yeah. not just yeah. for me. Yeah. So... That's why I truly believe in creating a show to let people sit and feel the theater. Nicely said. What a wonderful way for us to finish off this conversation because uh, it's really piqued my interest. I really want to see this and I certainly hope that uh, many other people do as well. Uh, Vivian, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the show and share this. Uh, There's so many more things we could talk about, but unfortunately Mm -hmm. our time is up. So um, (laughs) it's it's been wonderful speaking with you. Congratulations to you on, on, you know, reinventing yourself and coming back and and getting this all together and, and you know, I wish you all the best in the future as well. Thank you so much, David. Thank you for listeners. See you. Okay, you take care. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Bye. All right, that is the voice of Vivian Chong. You can see her play at the Fringe, the Toronto Fringe Next Stage Festival. And as I mentioned, that is on from January 19th to the 30th. And you can find out more by going to the fringetoronto.com website. The name of her play is The Sunglasses Monologue, and it is starring Vivian Chong. Thanks for listening to this portion of Moment of Truth. I'm David Moses, and we will be right back with more Moment of Truth right after these messages. Stick around.